0: Talk to my friend, Drew and Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate and his opinion. Drew Allen. And True die-hard Allen. conservative. this guy for wisdom. Now, 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 now,
1: that, that don't kill
0: me, can only make me stronger. I need you to hurry up, man, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now,
1: cause I can't kick much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night, now, that's how long I've been on ya. Liberal Democrats suffer from a very severe and very real mental disorder. I am very serious. This is Drew Allen. I am back in the saddle, baby. Happy to be with you. Happy to be going full throttle here. Goodbye, China virus. Bye-bye. I'm here. Standing. Conquered it. Uh, but I- I'm serious. You know, I've got a couple questions here. Things I've been thinking about. These are rhetorical questions, of course, to make my point. But liberal democrats live in a constant state of this frenetic energy that is anger and outrage and they are constantly surprised when reality and truth hits them in the face. I mean, have you met have you Look, liberal democrats are are, are not happy people. They go out of their way to be angry disenchanted and of course the democrat party knows this about a a certain percentage of the population in the world in general that has no self-control who succumbs uh, to naivety who I don't know I mean the left CNN these news organizations lie to their viewers Every day. They lie to them. Let's look at Russia collusion, for example. So Russia collusion, right? We have the revelations now. Well, they're not even revelations to us, but I guess they're revelations to the left that, of course, what we knew all along has proven to be true. Uh, Perkins Coy Law Firm, which represented Hillary Clinton and the DNC, hired Fusion GPS, who turned around and hired Christopher Steele to write the phony dossier. His source was a uh, person of Russian-Ukrainian origins there, Danchenko, and he made it all up. But for three years, the lying propagandist media, CNN, NBC, the mainstream media, the drive-bys, whatever you want to call them, They told people they had the goods. They told their viewers Trump-Russia collusion. He stole the election in 2016. We got a PP tape. We got all these things, and none of them were true. They were all invented out of thin air. We had to endure a molar investigation, $30 million or whatever it cost to taxpayers, that came up with nothing. And now, many of these reporters... In light of the indictment of Danchenko, who lied to the FBI on, I think, up to five occasions. Well, now some of these, these liberal media sources have been forced to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, we got it wrong. We, we, we didn't tell the truth. Just like, just like the Hunter Biden laptop. Remember leading in, in October or so of 2020, we had the revelation that Hunter Biden dropped off his laptop and never picked it up. And, 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 and the New York Post reported on it, and they, that, that story was banned, taken off of Twitter, Facebook, everything else. And the media said, oh, this isn't true, it's not real. And then, of course, after the election, they said, oh, okay, the Hunter Biden laptop is real. And thus all the contents on there that were damning about Hunter Biden's ties to China, to Ukraine, all the corruption in that family. Well, it was real. But they said it wasn't real for so long. But anyway, when are liberal Democrats actually going to get angry with the sources that lie to them? That build up these fake narratives that only lead to disappointment? Case in point, most recently, look, we have much cause to celebrate the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. I gotta be honest, on that third day, when they came out of the deliberations, they they went home for the night, and and they they didn't have a consensus. I thought, "Oh my gosh, we've got a hung jury here." I really did because on that third day of deliberations, uh the jury, they didn't ask any questions, they didn't ask for any new evidence to see anything. They just sat around and couldn't come to a a group decision. And I was so pleasantly surprised the next day when they met and they acquitted him, right? They said he was not guilty on all charges. And so Rittenhouse is walking free, as he should be. But the left was outraged. They can't believe. You know, Maria Shriver came out with some stupid tweet. How do my son, you know, came to me and asked me, how can I explain what's happened in this case? Well, her son's in her twenties. Google it, you moron. Use Google. Look it up. But anyway, that was that was her tweet. Which just, again, is evidence. This is how the left thinks. This is how the left thinks, you know. We were told by the media, or at least the the leftist Democrats in this country, who live their lives in a perpetual state of agony and anger, well, they were told for an an entire year, essentially, that a Trump-supporting white supremacist killed a bunch of black people. None of that none of that was true. Oh, you know, he crossed state lines. He had an illegal weapon. He he just came hunting. He was just looking to kill some people at this BLM uh, 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 riot. None of that was true. We all knew this. We could see it with our own eyes. But the left didn't care. CNN didn't care. MSNBC, the drive-bys, the, the mainstream media, whatever you want to call them, they didn't care. They continued to push forward this narrative. They set their viewers up for disappointment and outrage and disbelief because they told people things that weren't true. And I'm going to play a clip. It's about a minute long or so. I want you to hear it. Now, I I, I mean, I suspect that CNN is getting a little antsy because uh, after Nick Sandman sued uh, all these companies for, I think they settled for something around $250 million because they slandered his name slandered his name and so they're thinking oh crap here we go again we did the same thing to Kyle Rittenhouse and so when you hear this clip you'll be astonished absolutely astonished this reporter you know she acts like all of this information that came out in the trial wow we had no idea about it we had no idea how how is it you know we've been reporting for a year this other fantasy This other alternate reality of what happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. But after this case, oh my gosh, the revelations, none of that turned out to be true. How did we miss this? You didn't miss it. You intentionally tried to spin a narrative and destroy this kid, this young kid, because you wanted to destroy Trump. You wanted to smear his voters. You wanted to sow division and discord and this this race narrative that isn't real in the country. But I'm going to play the clip here, and then I'll get into it.
0: This jury saw fit. We learned a lot of things in this trial that we should sort of go over, and I was just kind of reviewing some of the things that we learned in the trial that were not necessarily public knowledge before that. One, uh, there has been a lot of talk, especially by politicians, about uh, where Rittenhouse was the night uh, of this shooting. And it turned out he was already in Kenosha, that he had family here, including his father, that the gun was here in Kenosha. He did not bring that over state lines. It turned out during this trial that we learned that the gun that he had a hold of, he actually could legally possess, according to the judge and according to the law here, uh, because of the measurements of the gun. Had it been shorter and a short-barreled gun, then it would have been illegal, but because it wasn't, the judge said that that needed to be thrown out, and indeed, that charge of a minor in possession of a gun illegally was thrown out in this case. The jury only looking at those who were injured, those who were endangered, and those who were killed uh, the night uh, in August that Rittenhouse ended up shooting people. Uh, We also uh, learned that he was working here that night, that he had stayed over that night uh, here. And we saw some video of, for example, Joseph Rosenbaum, the first person that he shot and killed. We saw drone video, high-resolution drone video that did not come into this case until five days into this trial. And that is under contention. There was a mistrial requested because uh, of both what the defense called prosecutorial overreach and they said they were going to file about this video. That appeared uh, very late in the game, the high-resolution version of it. But now none of that matters. They're certainly not going to ask for a mistrial after their client has been acquitted in this case. Uh, But we did learn a lot of things from that video because it was very clear what was going on. Uh, There was a a, a video of Rosenbaum chasing after Kyle Rittenhouse uh, during this time when he had his gun.
1: Can you can you believe that? Can you believe that? Shocking, shocking new evidence in this trial. But but I, I don't want to get too clip-heavy here. I know you want to hear from me. Uh, but I got to play a clip of Donald Trump. How is it? How is it that Donald Trump got this right in the immediate aftermath of the Kenosha riots and Rittenhouse shooting these three white people in self-defense? He got it right. We got it right. They got it wrong. How is it? That before this trial, before all this new evidence apparently, how is it that Donald Trump knew knew that very evidence existed? Just like all of us. Alright, because he lives in reality, and we live in reality, and we look at the facts. But here's Donald You're Trump, a year ago. It was a supporter of, a
0: supporter of, Mr. of-, a supporter of yours, Mr. President, who killed someone who was accused of killing two they- people. actions of vigilantes like kyle rittenhouse we're we're looking at all of it Uh, that was an interesting situation you saw the same tape as i saw and uh he was trying to get away from them i guess it looks like and he fell and then they very violently attacked him and it was something that we're looking at right now and it's under investigation but uh I guess he was in very big trouble. He would have been, I, he probably would have been killed, but
1: it's under, it's
0: under. Trump mess. says there,
1: you saw the tape, I saw the tape, and it's very clear that he was being pursued, that he was defending himself, that he likely would have been killed had he not shot back and used his weapon. They saw the same thing that Trump saw, but what they saw wasn't what they saw with their own eyes. They invented an alternate reality like they always do to, to serve a narrative. But now we've got we've got the case done, right? We got a verdict. It's not guilty. The legal system worked. It's done. It's over. But of course it's never over for the Democrats. I got uh Job of the Hutt. Job of the Hutt, Congressman Jerry Nadler the Hutt, who looks like the slug from The Star Wars movie. Jerry Nadler, Congressman. Here's his quotation after this verdict. This heartbreaking verdict is a miscarriage of justice, Jerry Nadler said, and sets a dangerous precedent which justifies federal review by the Department of Justice. That would be Merrick Garland. Nadler goes on, justice cannot tolerate armed persons crossing state lines looking for trouble while people engage in First Amendment protected protest. Now you just heard the clip from CNN that he's been forced to, s- that CNN clip is counter to everything Jerry Nadler continues to lie here. They lie no matter what. One, interstate travel is completely legal. But, as the CNN person said, Rittenhouse did not cross state lines from Illinois to Wisconsin while armed. Rittenhouse's dad lives in Kenosha. The AR-15 rifle that Rittenhouse used never left Wisconsin. And anyway, Rittenhouse lives in Antioch. It's a town on the Illinois-Wisconsin border that's 20 minutes south of Kenosha. So there's one lie that despite the fact that the truth is out there, Jerry Nadler, Jerry Nadler the Hut, well, he still says he crossed state lines, which there's no problem with crossing state lines, and all the things I just said. But 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 look how sick and insidious this this guy is. Jerry Nadler talks about the DoG, DOJ should should give a federal review of this in some ways, to try and right this wrong, to intervene somehow, overturn this verdict. They can't do it. This is a congressman calling for this. A congressman. But Kyle Rittenhouse didn't commit a federal crime. The Justice Department cannot legally intervene. It's a matter of state law. But here he is, Job of the Hutt, Jerry Nadler the Hutt, the slug, as I call him, There he is, still calling for something that can't be done. Can't be done. Not lawfully, not legally. It's completely irresponsible. But here's Jerry Nalik. He doesn't care because he is so hell-bent on continuing to stoke the flames of hatred, of racism, of rioting in this country. Which gets me to something else we got to get into, all right? covid Pardon me. Don't worry, I'm I'm still here. I'm good. There's no return of the China virus for me. I got those uh, uh, potent antibodies in my system. Um, I I, want to play a, a clip montage for you of because here's the here's the deal. In this year, since Biden has been in office, there have been more COVID deaths, more COVID deaths than in 2020. And yet, what did we hear throughout 2020, especially as we approach the election in the month of October, leading up to, to you know uh, uh, the November election there? Oh my gosh, Trump has blood on his hands. But for Trump, there would be no deaths. But for Trump, the coronavirus would have been conquered. But for Trump and his uh, lack of, of ability, lack of compassion. You know, we wouldn't have lost any lives. You know, every day we had to listen to how many people died from COVID, how many reported deaths and cases. And it was all on Trump's hands because he was incompetent. He didn't know what he was doing. And yet you got media silence now about the fact that more people have died under Joe Biden from COVID than died under Trump from COVID. So I want to remind you, refresh your memory about what Biden said. You're going to hear from a few people here. It's a montage I put together myself here. You're going to hear from Joe Biden. You're going to hear from Colonel Vindman. Vindman, the one who uh, is that spied, overheard the fake Trump quid pro quo conversation with the Ukrainian president and then was heralded as a hero of the left. Hero of America, right? Uh, there was no quid pro quo. That was another buildup. lie. Oh, we're impeaching Trump for quid pro quo. He committed quid pro quo. And then, and then Trump, of course, released the transcript. And they freaked out and didn't know what to do. So they just doubled down and impeached him over it. And he was, of course, not found guilty because he didn't do anything wrong. There was nothing nefarious about the phone call. It was a perfect phone call. But then again, there you go. The media building their audience up for this big scandal that wasn't. And of course, the brain-dead, brain-numbed leftist Democrats in this country still listen to these same people, despite the truth being out there now. Despite it all. They still go to the same fountain of lies. I don't understand it. I mean, it's it's religion. They worship it, right? It doesn't matter. They will not change. and anyway, we'll get into that more in a minute. But so you're going to hear Biden, you're going to hear Colonel Vinman back in August 3rd of 2020, of uh, this year, actually. So that's more recent. You'll hear from Kamala Harris back in October of 2020, Obama back in October of 2020. You're going to hear Joe Scarborough. Let's go, let's do this.
0: But he is responsible for using all the power at his disposal to be able to deal with this virus by changing the peak. Getting down the curve so that we move in a direction where instead of going up like this, we're going like this. And if the president was held accountable, removed, we would have five, 600,000 more Americans walking the streets today. If they, had done, if they censured him, the president would be on, on his heels and he would probably have been a little more cautious going into COVID. I'll put in place a plan to deal with this pandemic responsibly. I've already done it. Bring this country together. Eight months into this pandemic, cases are rising again across this country. If he'd actually been working the whole time, it never would have gotten this bad. You talk to epidemiologists, the situation is getting worse. yet. Donald Trump is sitting there still acting like... This is a media milestone in the coronavirus pandemic, a toll unthinkable a year ago. The number of lives lost from COVID-19 will soon reach half a million
1: today with the real number likely higher than that.
0: My father on uh, June
1: 16th, I remember my dad was in Kenya. He came back into the United States when COVID hit because he thought he was going to be safer here. And I know that my father and over 300,000 people have lost their lives to COVID because of dangerous criminal neglect by Trump and his administration. As we have to investigate and prosecute uh, these people who are responsible for these reckless deaths. And, and that, of course, uh, that last voice there was Ilhan Omar, who married her brother. Um, she, she thought, you know, we should prosecute. People like Trump who are responsible for the death of her father. Responsible. So who should be prosecuted based on the fact that 353,000 Americans have died this year in 2021, which has surpassed the 352,000 who died from March of 2020 when the pandemic started. And now, of course, we have a vaccine. People can get vaccinated if they want. We have a high vaccination rate. We're doing all the things that are part of Joe Biden's plan, which he inherited the vaccine, of course, from Donald Trump. And suddenly the media doesn't care. Suddenly the media doesn't care. When Trump was president, every death was attributed to Donald Trump's incompetence and lack of compassion. And now suddenly that Joe Biden is president and we have more deaths under his watch. Well, I I don't know. I guess it's still Donald Trump's fault somehow. It's certainly not Joe Biden's fault in the minds of the media, in the minds of Democrats. According to Ilan Omar, we should be prosecuting Joe Biden for this. Uh, He's responsible for for more deaths in this country than we've lost in I don't know, five different wars, right? That's what the the rallying cry was long ago. Remember when Joe Biden went and gave his speech? This is a solemn occasion. We're going to light a bunch of candles outside and have a vigil in memory of all those lives lost, more lives lost from COVID than we lost in World War II and Korea and Vietnam and everything combined. These people... Are, are, are absolute, well, I mean, they're worse than idiots. They're worse than idiots. They're sick. They're depraved people. And so there you have it. There you have it. I just thought you'd like to know that more people have died from COVID under Biden than died under Trump. Especially for those liberal Democrat friends that I used to have that told me that Donald Trump was Hitler, that every death was Trump's fault, I, 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 I wonder where they are now. Now that we have this news, this real revelation that more have died under Biden than Trump. Does Biden have blood on his hands? Is he responsible for mismanaging this pandemic? Of course not to them. Of course not. Because they only hate Donald Trump. Uh, Joe Biden and the Democrat Party can do no wrong, even given the same circumstances and scenario. That's how it goes for these individuals. But anyway, more Americans died from COVID-19 during the first nine months of the year than during the first nine months of the pandemic under Donald Trump's presidency. That should be the leading story. On CNN and every mainstream media outlet out there. But now they're guys in office. Now they're guys in office. And suddenly, Joe Biden doesn't have responsibility for anything at all. Now, speaking of uh, responsibility, I want to get into this for a little bit. Look, we've got some other things to get into. We've got breaking news. Uh, in Wisconsin, of course, not Kenosha, another town in which um, we had an SUV break through barricades. It's uh, Waukesha. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Let's just cover this story first before we get into the rest. So in Waukesha, Wisconsin, Sunday evening, after late afternoon, an SUV broke through barricades and uh, ran over a crowd of people in a... Um, Let's see, what was this? They do this annually in this town, apparently. I've got a a big stack of stuff here. It was was Christmas. So they're celebrating Christmas a little early here, but they do it every year. They were Christmas marchers. Uh, So an SUV ran over more than 20 adults and children in a horrifying scene captured by the city's live stream and cell phones of onlookers. Some people have been killed. But the uh, police chief there, Dan Thompson, uh, wouldn't give an exact number. Maybe they don't know. I don't know. But they've been taken to the hospital. Uh, These are children, by the way. Uh, Many of them. So uh, this video shows the SUV plowing into members of a marching band. Their music replaced with terrified screams. Fire Chief Stephen Howard said 11 adults and 12 children were injured and transported to hospitals by his department. It was unknown how many others injured were taken to the hospitals by others. Children's Wisconsin said 15 patients from this incident came to CHW. Police had custody of the vehicle. But of course, they're holding back as they should every time, making sure that they get the story right. Uh there may be somebody in custody. We don't know who this individual is, but he's a uh well, worse than a low life. He's an evil individual who did this. Who did this? But uh you know, they 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 had 70 girls in this parade ranging from as young as 2 to a, to the age of 18. Um one of the individuals, Chris Germain, He's a co-owner of the Aspire Dance Center studio. He's the one who had all these 70 girls in the parade from his dance studio. His own three-year-old daughter was in this parade. And he said he was driving at the head of their entry when he saw a maroon SUV that just blazed right past us. A police officer came by on foot chasing after, he said. Jermaine said he jumped out of his own SUV and gathered the girls who were with him. There were small children laying all over the road There were police officers and EMTs doing CPR on multiple members of the parade. Now, I want to be clear about something with this story. Uh, This type of depraved activity has become more and more commonplace in the last decade or so. And the Democrats are the ones who have blood on their hands. If you go back to uh, Steve Scalia, remember when he was shot by a deranged Bernie Sanders supporter who went up to members. Remember the Republicans, it was, it was all Republicans. They were practicing baseball and he went up and had a conversation, uh, with, um, uh, well, the now governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, who at the time was not governor. Uh, and he asked them, hey, are, are these all Republicans? And they said, yes. And he went to his car, got a gun and opened fire and nearly killed Steve Scalia. Bernie Sanders supporter, who had a bunch of outrageous content on his Facebook, it turned out. Hatred that he had taken from the talking points of the left. And I'm telling you, the Democrat Party is responsible for this violence. Look, look at this, this nation right now. The riots from BLM and Antifa. What happens in San Francisco with these delusional individuals, Democrat voters, who are going in and robbing stores, stealing from CVSs. Uh, another story broke earlier, and I, I can't even remember it right now where it took place, uh, where people went in violently and, and did much of the same, breaking into a store and stealing. Every day we have reports of this. This was not commonplace in the past, but these p- people believe that they're justified. They don't have to worry. Remember, I mean, Kamala Harris, even, she uh, was an outspoken advocate of setting up bailout funds. For BLM, Antifa, whatever, they were rioting throughout this country, getting them out of jail, getting them exonerated. So these people feel like they've got the support of the Democrat Party. Joe Biden, remember, he would not condemn Antifa, calling it an idea. An idea that's responsible for death, destruction, and murder throughout this country. Who uh, protested, rioted, they weren't protests, they were rioting for I forget how many months, days straight in Portland, Oregon, for example, this didn't used to happen, but they feel emboldened because they know the Democrat party has their back on this. You've got verbiage from Maxine Waters and other Democrats who espouses this type of behavior, who gives them legitis- legitimacy and justification. That's where the real blood on the hands is. It's the Democrat party. But uh, anyway, that that's an update. That's that's tragic. I, I I pray and I ask that you pray for all those families, individuals as well. This should not happen in America anywhere. These lunatics should not be in in in, in engaging in this type of behavior. But it's more and more commonplace, and it's 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 a direct uh uh ties to this behavior. The the, the ties go back to the Democrat Party, and they're unhinged, irresponsible. Uh, conversation, talking points, and the media, of course. The media, of course, as well. But when it comes to the talking points of the media, by the way, I've got a James Bond-esque villain here, story I want to share with you. Bill Gates gave $310 million. That's right, $310 million to left-leaning media outlets. The top award given directly to a media outlet was 24.6 million dollars which went to national public radio. What is Bill Gates doing giving money to NPR which is funded by the taxpayers? He gave them 24.6 million dollars. And of course we know what this is about. It's about it's about uh well it's a quid pro quo. I'll give it 24.6 million dollars NPR. I'm Bill Gates. I'll give it to you if you do and cover the issues that I want you to cover. This is an egregious violation. I mean, it's not a surprise to us, but 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 this is a revelation for many Americans who don't understand what's going on in this country with the propagandist media. They're not engaging in honest journalism. They're doing the bidding of Bill Gates, of George Soros, of these individuals. That's not a First Amendment. When you have these people tampering with the media, giving them money in exchange for for promoting narratives, corruption across the board, and Bill Gates is behind it all. This guy is a James Bond villain in America. So the second largest award from Bill Gates was 12.9 million to the United Kingdom's Guardian. Guardian followed by 10.8 million to Seattle, Washington-based Cascade Public Media, which owns the local station KCTS TV. 3.6 million CNN grant went towards, are you ready for this? reporting on gender equality. Gender equality Producing journalism on the everyday inequalities endured by women and girls across the world. The Texas Tribune received millions of dollars in order to get this. Increased public awareness and engagement of education reform issues in Texas. There you have it. That's how the media works. You think CNN's honest? You think NBC's honest journalism? No, no, no. These are schmucks doing the bidding of Bill Gates. But, I mean, with CNN and these other places, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, their, their ratings are tanking, but they've got a, a generous benefactor in Bill Gates who is helping prop them up. Prop them up. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is happening in the United States of America. A private citizen, Bill Gates, propping up these liberal media outlets, giving them money to do what? What Bill Gates wants them to do, which is what the cabal wants to do. These rich billionaires in this country, we've never seen anything like this in our lives. Their uh, interference, their influence over journalism in America. Um, I'm going to take a short break here. When I get back, we're going to hit... Uh, I mean, I think this is important. I've been wanting to talk to you about this for uh, well, well, weeks. You know, I was sick and other things have come up. But we've got to hit this story about Kamala Harris and the Biden regime and the conflict that's going on in there. I'm going to refute a lot of things that many of you may think, may have thought about Kamala Harris's role in this administration. People for a long time said, oh, you know, uh, look. Everybody got this wrong. Everybody got this wrong. And I actually, I mean, I guess I am patting myself on the back a little bit, but I called this out in the beginning. You know, many conservatives, people I admire as well, you know, their their belief in all this was that, you know, Joe Biden was just in there, and Kamala Harris was going to quickly replace him as president. Uh, you know, they were prepping uh, uh Uh, to to get rid of Joe Biden, sweep him away, and replace him with Kamala Harris as president. That was their plan. That was not their plan. That was not their plan ever. Kamala Harris was never up to the task. They backed themselves in a corner. Um, They they didn't have real plans for her. Um, uh, Joe Biden is the most useful idiot that the Democrat Party has. They don't want to replace him with her. That's not been their objective because Joe Biden, I mean, as mean and cruel as he is, he is brain dead. And so he'll do whatever his handlers want, whatever Barack Obama wants, whatever Ron Klain wants, whatever the cabal behind the real scenes, you know, like the the Wizard of Oz uh, behind the curtain. You know, Joe Biden's the best because he doesn't care. He doesn't have any... He's an old old fart that doesn't have his mental faculties, and he'll do what they want. He's just happy to get to live in the basement of the White House. That was his great ambition. And so he can be controlled. Uh, Kamala Harris cannot. She cannot. She can't be controlled, and they don't want that. All right, this is Drew Allen. I'm going to take a short break. I'll be right back when we get going get into this story, and we're going to spend some time on it. So I believe this story came out or broke on uh, CNN about a week ago. Uh, the headline is exasperation and dysfunction inside Kamala Harris's frustrating start as vice president. Now, look, you got two megalomaniacs, two ego maniacs in this administration. You've got Joe Biden. You've got Kamala Harris. Now, Kamala Harris... Is, uh, is not competent, not competent. She's not as brain-dead as Joe Biden from the perspective that he has cognitive decline. Uh, she's just very stupid and lacks experience. But uh, I want to I wanna read some pull quotes with this. Um, Worn out by what they see as entrenched dysfunction and lack of focus... Key West Wing aides have largely thrown up their hands at Vice President Kamala Harris and her staff, deciding there simply isn't time to deal with them right now. Now, before I get into other pull quotes, look, Kamala Harris is deeply, deeply damaged and insecure. She is high-maintenance. She needs praise. She needs affirmation because she's not a confident individual. She suffers from such deep insecurity that she constantly needs praise. She needs affirmation. She needs to be coddled. And she's not getting that. You know, the reality for Kamala Harris is that, you know, look, she was the least popular Democratic candidate who ran for president. She was... she dropped out of that, that, that race faster than an ice cube could melt on a summer day in the Sahara Desert. That's how quickly her ambitions for president evaporated. Donors didn't like her. She couldn't get events organized because nobody likes Kamala Harris. She never was going to be president. So why would you think that the Democrat Party would suddenly tee her up to become president when no one in her own party liked her, when she polled disastrously? I mean, look, the, the, the whole point of all this is that her polling numbers are even worse than Joe Biden's, and that's bothering her. But that's not a surprise because she's always been the least popular Democrat in the party not only radical, but just not likable. She can't even fake it. She can't even, when they hired those kids, like in a Hollywood movie who auditioned to be in that video with her talking about space exploration, she couldn't even pull off the job in a fake environment of being likable and authentic. She can't do it. And so I never thought that really the goal was for her to become president. Look, they put their eggs behind in the basket of Joe Biden because he's an old guy. He's supposedly moderate, and that's how they always run these guys. Everyone in the Democrat Party pretends to be moderate because they know still that this country is not a majority radical communist leftist. They couldn't win with Kamala Harris. So why would they think that suddenly she's going to be a viable presidential candidate in the future? They just wanted Joe Biden, who was an old white guy. And of course, the problem with Joe Biden being an old white guy is you've got a new new breed of Democrats in that party. The Kamala Harris's, the Ilhan Omar's, these people who claim to be radical feminist minorities, women. They're the future of the Democrat Party. And so by nominating Joe Biden, they had to find a way to kind of, well, cover their bases. Because Joe Biden didn't reflect what the Democrat Party claimed they were. This party of diversity. This party of inclusion. The party of first. Joe Biden's not the first anything. He's, a, he's an old white guy. Old white fart who couldn't even get out on the campaign trail. Campaign trail and campaign. And so... They backed themselves in a corner when they said, Well, our vice president must be a female woman of color. So what options did they have? I mean I mean I guess they could have gone with uh with the Indian. The Indian there, uh what what's her name? What's her name? Come on, I'm forgetting her name right now. Uh you know who I'm talking about? uh the one at Harvard who always claimed to be some kind of native american her heritage Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren that's who i'm talking about right and then we know that she's she's uh well i'm more native american uh than she is by far by far but she she's not so so she didn't qualify so all that were left with was Kamala Harris they didn't say they wanted a uh an asian male first right so they couldn't go with uh, whoever the Asian candidate was. I don't care. He left the Democrat Party. says he's an independent now. They couldn't go with Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, he, he couldn't even defeat uh, Hillary Clinton for the nomination. He's another old white guy. So they had what? Black, minority. Okay, <clears throat> Kamala Harris. That's what we got. So <clears throat> anyway, that was her purpose, right? To just give them the ability to say, yeah, yeah, look, we got Joe Biden, and we've also got the first— Uh, minority black female vice president. So that's what that was all about. But let's go on with the article. Interviews with nearly three dozen former and current Harris aides, administration officials, Democratic operatives, donors, and outside advisors who spoke extensively to CNN reveal a complex reality inside the White House. Let's go on. What could this complex reality be? Many in the vice president's circle fume, fume that she's not being adequately prepared or positioned and instead is being sidelined. The vice president herself has told several confidants she feels constrained in what she's able to do politically. Now look at this reality. Kamala Harris is the vice president. She's not the president. And that's got her licked. She's ticked off. She bought the lie that the media perhaps told her that she was being groomed to become the next president in the United States. But, of course, Biden has said, well, he's going to run in 2024. So she's upset. She's the VP. But she wants to be the president. I mean, she feels constrained in what she's able to do politically. I mean can we can we just say something right now i mean kamala harris she's the border czar she's been put in charge of of pushing forward this voting rights legislation she's been given all these tasks that she's failed at herself so she's i mean i i don't know what she's complaining about but anyway let's go on some more pull quotes here um so, ta ta here we go. Being the, fir- this is my favorite perhaps, being the first woman and first woman of color in national elected office is historic, but has also come with outsized scrutiny and no forgiveness for even small errors, as she'll often point out. So she wants special treatment. She's the first woman of color, but... The scrutiny, because she's the first woman of color, vice president, well, she should be treated with kid gloves. And it's just not fair. She's getting all this blame for incompetence. But here we go. We'll go through a few of these, and then I'll cover it all. She's perceived to be in such a weak position that top Democrats in and outside of Washington have begun to speculate privately, asking each other, Why the White House has allowed her to become so hobbled in the public consciousness? Um, Here we go. This is uh, Eleni Kounalakis. I guess that's Greek. Um, The lieutenant governor of California, who is apparently a good friend of Kamala Harris. Well, she says it is natural that those of us who know her know how much more helpful she can be than she is currently being asked to be. So on the one hand, she's given all these responsibilities. She's come under attack. Remember that interview, for example, she did with Lester Holt? And she, she, remember, she became border czar. She was the one spearheading, discovering, identifying the root cause of the immigration crisis, and she did never go to the southern border. She didn't go to the southern border. And she did that interview with Lester Holt, and she, she was asked, why haven't you gone to the southern border? She had said, ah, ha, 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 ooh, he, he, ha!" she cackled, right? And she said, well, I've never been to Europe either. I mean, she puts her own foot in her mouth, and then she doesn't understand why people are upset with her. She wants it both ways. This is a schizophrenic individual. Schizophrenic individual. She can be more helpful. And yet she's given all these tasks and she can't accomplish any of them or do anything with it. And then she complains. But let's go on. Other politicians with their own presidential ambitions have started privately acknowledging that they are trying to figure out how to quietly lay the groundwork to run if and when Harris falters as they think she might. So apparently, apparently Harris is worried. I mean, this is stuff you see in some kind of uh, uh, pre-Soviet Union, czarist Russia conspiracy, monarchs, where you're trying to protect your lineage. You're afraid of some kind of uh, of uh, uprising uh, to replace you with someone else. And so so this is the deep insecurity I'm talking about. She's worried. She's She's so fearful in this state of fear all the time. Oh my gosh, my political ambitions are fading away. Other people might run against me. I, I thought I had it in the bag. So anyway, here, here, the article Harris is the first vice president in decades to come into office with less Washington experience than the president. And finding her footing was always going to be hard. She doesn't have any experience at all. That's the problem. So what is it? She wants more grooming from Joe Biden, and yet, Look who she's looking to to groom her. Joe Biden doesn't know what he had for breakfast. Joe Biden doesn't know what planet he's on. He doesn't know anything. How can Joe Biden possibly groom her to become president when Joe Biden doesn't even know he's president probably at many points in his day? But anyway, they go on to try and make excuses. Republicans and right-wing media turned Harris into a political target from the moment she was picked for the ticket. And implicit racism and sexism have been constant. What? Republicans? It's our fault that people don't like her? Anyway, people are expecting their historic vice president to make history every day. When in fact, she's trying to carry the duties of a secondary role. Did I not just read? Did I not just read that that, that she's upset because she wants more responsibility? People around her say she can do so much more and she's not given the opportunity. And now they're saying, well, she's just trying to carry out the duties of a secondary role. And you're being too hard. Kamala's not the president. She's the vice president. Stop being so hard on her. But give me more responsibility. I can do more. Does any of this make any sense to anyone? Good. Me neither. Me neither. A couple more poll quotes here as I scan through this with you. Harris's staff has repeatedly failed her and left her exposed. So it's her staff's fault. They've left her exposed. I I mean, she's the one that's going on the circuit making a fool of herself. She's the one sticking her foot in her mouth. She's the one driving her likability and favorability ratings down. Every time she talks, her favorability goes down because she's not likable. She needs to be in the basement more than Joe Biden. That's the truth. But now they want to blame the staff. Uh, Even some who have been asked for advice lament Harris's overly cautious tendencies and staff problems. I mean, this, 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 Kamala Harris is a basket case. She's an absolute basket case. Don't let this get out there. Keep it on the DL. But this woman is not fit to be vice president. She's not fit for a governing role. She's certainly not fit to be president. She is a, a perfect schizophrenia case, an absolute basket case, who doesn't know what's going on. Her insecurities are getting the best of her. Um... After Harris became known in the first few months for often standing by Biden's side in the frame as he made big speeches, even after she'd introduced him herself, the West Wing appears to have overcorrected, so she has been with the president noticeably less. So here we go, another theory from this CNN article, which is all over the place, saying that, well, you know, people were noticing that she looked like an idiot just standing next to Biden all the time, quietly smiling, helping him get his mask, just a useful idiot with no purpose whatsoever. And so now the Biden side is worried about that feedback. And so now she's not uh, present anytime when he's around. So at first it looked like, remember, I remember early on uh, this interview, Um, journalists were, were, we're questioning Biden. I don't remember the topic. It doesn't matter. But they're questioning Biden about a particular topic. And he gave an incoherent response. And some reporter basically said, OK, Biden, uh, great. Uh, we, we, can we hear from Kamala? Can Kamala talk to us about this issue? And it looks like the theory that everyone was pushing along was true, right? They were just prepping uh, to get rid of, of Biden and replace him with Kamala uh, because Biden didn't know what, 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 what he was saying. He was incoherent, incompetent. But but anyway, so Biden's side apparently sees this and says, oh, no, Biden's going to be in charge. We want people to see that he's in charge. And so they swept her under the rug, and that's a problem. But here we go. So, you know, she complains that she's not in enough meetings, uh, apparently, and she's been deprived of her important aspect of presidential apprenticeship. Apprenticeship by not being invited to enough things. And yet her apprentice... Uh, her master is Joe Biden, who is a horrible teacher. So she's not getting groomed by Biden. That's hilarious. Um, Oh, my gosh. I mean, whew, this just goes on and on. I'm getting worn out. Stay with me. Stay with me. So Harris's aides cite how much of what's in the infrastructure bill connects back to legislation she worked on while in the Senate accessible broadband, water cleanup, clean energy school buses. So they're upset that she didn't get enough credit for the infrastructure bill. But she's number 2. You don't get credit for that. The president gets credit. Harris has also complained to confidants about not being a greater part of the president's approach to the Afghanistan withdrawal. And yet she claims she didn't want to want to get the job of the border czar because it was a losing issue for her. Here she's complaining she didn't get enough, uh, 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 I guess, involvement with the Afghanistan withdrawal, which was a boondoggle for, for Biden. This doesn't make sense at all. Her fans are panicked, watching her poll numbers sink even lower than Biden's. And then she gets into this thing. She feels upset, you know, that, that Pete Buttigieg, you know, after he took paternity leave in the middle of uh, the biggest transportation crisis in the country, in recent memory, in modern history, well, you know, the Biden regime came to his defense. And yet they didn't come to Harris' defense enough. Why didn't she get similar coverage and protection? It's hard to miss the specific energy that the White House brings to defend a white man. This article says knowing that Kamala Harris has spent almost a year taking a lot of the hits to the West. My God. Well, we've got, we've got a racism problem in the Democrat party. It appears Pete Buttigieg, a gay white man is getting protection because he's white and Kamala Harris is getting thrown under the bus because she's not white. So here we go. We have proof. Again, the Democrats are admitting CNN's admitting the Democrat party and Joe Biden are racist. Because the reason they're not protecting Kamala enough is because she's black. And the reason they defend Buttigieg is because he is a, a white man. That's what we have here. Um, but, you know, Harris herself has said she didn't want to be assigned to manage the border. Did what? She wants more, more responsibility. She gets responsibility. She doesn't want the responsibility. But Biden's team was annoyed that Harris fumbled answers about the border, including when she gave that awkward laughing response about not visiting it during a spring interview with the NBC's Lester Holtz. That's the, I haven't been to Europe yet thing. But they get, here we go again. She's not only the first woman vice president, but the first woman of color. This is a moment that has to succeed. Otherwise, we are fearful that this could set us back as women for a long time. Well, you shouldn't have put forward somebody who's an incompetent boob. They, they, You know, this is just the thing. Nobody accepts responsibility for anything in this administration. But Kamala Harris can't win an election. She absolutely can't. And they benefit from Joe Biden uh, and hiding behind the acknowledgement that all Americans have to have that he can't, he's not in charge. We all know that. But But Kamala Harris is more frightful to the Democrat Party because she... She doesn't want to be controlled. She wants to be in charge, even though she doesn't want to be in charge. But she's a, a problem for this uh, administration and the party. A party. I mean, Jill Biden, by the way, Jill Biden, she doesn't get along with Kamala Harris, apparently. There's fighting amongst them. And apparently Kamala's jealous. Jealous because Jill has a great relationship with Michelle my Bell Obama. Michelle my Bell sent her, apparently... Uh, uh a gift basket full of vegetables sorry Jill gifted Michelle a gift basket full of vegetables from the White House kitchen garden and um i guess earlier on maybe Michelle responded said love you Jill but uh you know Harris Harris and Jill Jill's not sending any gift back gift backs baskets full of vegetables to Harris And she also doesn't have a cozy relationship with Michelle. And so there's jealousy here. There's jealousy. This is what happens when you have two megalomaniacs in the office. This is a dysfunctional relationship. And um, nobody likes Kamala. That was true in the past. It's true now. And so it's ironic, of course. They seem to want to get rid of Kamala more than they want to get rid of Joe. And um, I don't know what they're going to do with this. I mean, we had... um, we had the uh, communications director of the VP of Kamala Harris uh, resign. And, um, you know, more and more we're hearing about this rollout of dysfunctional environment that's leading to this internal conflict. But, you know, just just a few days after this CNN article that I was just reading through with you was published, you had a tweet, a tweet by... Um, Let me see if I can find it. I had it printed here in my stack. It was a tweet from uh, Jill Saki. Jill Saki. Here it is. So on the heels of the CNN article about the problems with Kamala, uh, Saki tweets, for anyone who needs to hear it, VP Kamala is not only a vital partner to at POTUS, but a bold leader who has taken on key important challenges facing the country from voting rights to addressing root causes of migration to expanding broadband. Think about this. Think about CNN publishes this article that shows this dysfunctionality that I, I assure you Kamala Harris's team put out there and you've got Psaki doing damage control, succumbing to this. All these issues that were brought up in the article I just talked about. Saki hitting this tweet trying to give her credit. So Kamala's acting like a baby in the White House throwing a tantrum. Eh, I'm not getting credit. I want more responsibility. But when you give me more responsibility, it's a lose-lose situation. I want more. But you give me this responsibility. And then I get in trouble. Why am I pulling so low? You guys don't defend me. You guys don't do this. And then Saki comes out with this tweet. Oh, yeah, 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 VP's integral, VP's integral, Kamala Harris, she's great, she's doing so much work, we want you to know it, I mean, this is, this is absolute dysfunction, this is really worrisome, and, uh, I mean, I think this is something we should, we should be looking at, I mean, Kamala Harris here seems to be the problem, the absolute problem, um, I mean, you know, she's in disarray, she's, You know, people that work for her are dropping like flies. They want to get out of there. Uh, We know that she's a tyrant and that people don't like working for her. And this is just a disaster for the administration. And they've got to deal with her for three more years. Three more years, right? I mean, it's only 2021. 2024 is a long way away. And they've got a bull in there who is not behaving, who's upset, who's causing problems, and, and I, I don't know a time that we've seen anything like this. I mean, your job as vice president is to support emphatically the president of the United States. And so Kamala Harris knows what we know. Joe Biden's a buffoon. And she's ticked off, I'm telling you, with her ego and her insecurity. She hates this guy. She knows he's dumb. And and, and she's upset because she thinks she's being groomed to be vice, be the president and run in 2024. And it doesn't look like anyone wants her. It doesn't look like anyone wants her. And I think we could see an unprecedented unprecedented situation in 2024, frankly, in which we don't have Biden or Kamala Harris on the ticket. I really think that's true. But we got to keep paying attention to this situation. Uh, Because it's... um, I mean, I I don't know. I've just never seen anything like it. Uh, But anyway... Uh, We have exceeded our time here today. It's good to be with you. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, by the way. Uh, We know the media will be out there trampling and uh, disparaging, destroying Thanksgiving, talking about it being a racist holiday. But we know that's not true. Thanksgiving is a rejection of socialism and communism. It's an embrace of capitalism. And uh, that's what we should celebrate this Thanksgiving. Uh, But happy Thanksgiving to you all. I'll be back with you probably Wednesday or Thursday here. But I hope you had a wonderful weekend. And uh, God bless you all.